Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Have you ever been in a situation where you need to search something on the internet, but it's kind of embarrassing, and you don't want people to ever find out what you're searching for? It might be like a medical thing or a personal thing or whatever. I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what you're up to. And you might be thinking to yourself, look, I can just go into incognito mode. But let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history. Your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why. Even when I'm at home, I never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Now, most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on because it runs seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is also available on all your devices. We're talking phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet. expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet to learn more. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Caravan of Garbage, where this week and and previous weeks and and weeks to come, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've been going through the Daniel Craig James Bond filmology. Go on. I see no problems with that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) If you could leave a like, that would be great, because this week we're hitting up big time the movie Quantum of Solace. That's right. The much-anticipated but somewhat much-maligned follow-up two years after Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to Casino Rale. You know? When are you going to stop saying that? When are you going to make me stop saying it? Right now, I'll flip this table. (laughs) (laughs) Now, look. I'll drown you in oil, bitch. (laughs) Before I get into, like, what this movie was originally supposed to be and Mm. the very publicly troubled production Mm -hmm. and the reason why it is the way it is. Thank God troubling James Bond productions are a thing of the past. I know, right? Uh, you, You can say the thing. The thing that you've always hated about this movie, the opening thing. James... Here he goes. You cannot talk about this movie without him bringing it up. James, upon seeing this movie in cinemas, I was immediately offside because obviously this movie is supposed to take place immediately after Casino Royale. Yes, the first James Bond movie to ever pick up immediately after. Okay, Mm. but here's the thing, James. In between... The last one and this one, the costume designer changed from Lindy Hemming to Louise Frogley and Mm -hmm. the supplier of James Bond suits changed from Brioni to Tom Ford. That's true. Obviously, James. Yeah, And they were like, well, let's change change his his, his three-piece navy suit that has sort of a white track stripe. Mm. We'll change it to a two-piece navy suit with a blue pinstripe and nobody will (laughs) notice. Nobody will notice, James, that it's a different suit... 
with slightly different colours and fabrics, and <laughs> he's taken his vest off, yeah. apparently. I think you could have got away with it if you left a vest in it. So what you're telling me, director of this movie, who Mark I think Foster. is Mark Forster, <laughs> that James Bond got in his car and he took his waist, he, he took his jacket off and then he took his waistcoat off. Yes. And then he put his jacket back on. But it was a different jacket. Why would you do that? <laughs> who does that? A psychopath. A psychopath would. But also... <laughs> Um, if that happened, show me that scene. I want to see him do it in the car in the middle of a chase. I mean, that being said, it is a better suit. It's a, it's a nice oh, suit. Oh, well, fair so, enough. Yeah, yeah, well, fits him better. Yeah, it is a, it's is—it's a good-looking suit. He's a good-looking man. Yeah. And we're not here to argue that he isn't. No. Yeah. But apart from that, um, I actually quite like this movie. Yeah, look, let's talk a bit about how it started. because this- Except, obviously, there's a scene <laughs> where he wears a black belt and a pair of brown suede shoes. What are you thinking, Excuse Bond? Excuse me? Yeah. Everybody knows belt shoes. They, they they match. Everybody, if you've got a snakeskin belt. Snakeskin snake shoes skin and hats. <laughs> That's what you must do. That's the rules. <laughs> So this script was originally not intended to be as much of a sequel to Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. However, because of the writer's strike, which affected a bunch of movies at the time, yeah. including Transformers 2, how much? <laughs> Probably not that much. Uh, so they only had the bare bones of a script, very mm-hmm. early drafts. So it was up to Daniel Craig and director Mark Forster mm-hmm. to rewrite scenes like on the fly. Day of, As yeah. they were filming. So Just hunkering down in that gas-filled hotel just <laughs> clunking away on their Sony Vios, probably. Exactly. So just, that, Those fumes getting in there, getting <laughs> in your brains. So even though a lot of the action sequences in this were all mapped out, and again, only two years after, so it's a quick turnaround regardless of the writer's strike, uh-huh. they had to fill in a lot of the gaps, and that's why so much of this leans into Casino Royale. And on top of that, normally the director liked a 14-week edit. It's got a five-week edit. Okay. It ended up being the shortest James Bond ever at an hour 46. Thank God. But I think knowing all that, and if you watch these two back-to-back, mm-hmm. they work well together. This doesn't work outside of Casino Royale. At the end of Casino Royale, James, his sleeves have four buttons on them. <laughs> and at the start of this one, they have five buttons. Maybe put an extra button on As it. if I wouldn't notice. <laughs> Mark Forster. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. I think as if you are watching them back to back, it yeah. sort of has a, uh, a you know... Uh, uh, it's not as good. No. It's not close. No. But as a unit... Yeah. Mm. But I mean, it's not... It's Again, I, I'm... It's it's not even close to being the worst. It's not even in the lowest echelon of Bond movies. I think. Like, it's I don't still... think it's the worst Daniel Craig Bond movie. There we go. Which right, we'll, which we will get to. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that is kind of nonsensical. Yeah. To it, sure. we'll get to it. But, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, it's it's pretty, and it borrows pretty heavily from again some hot hot cinematic stuff of the time. Definitely. Uh, well, the other thing that it does borrow the idea of a price hike with water. That was a real thing that happened in Bolivia except the price hike that happened in real life was, was, was three times. That's right. Yeah, it three, was much... three yeah, and in this it's twice. So, the, in, in you know, I think, again, because, you know, the Bourne movies were quite popular at the time. They should call this bloody James Bourne. Very nice. Oh, I should have added that into last week's episode. Every time we say James Bond, I'll say James Bourne. Anyway, well, sorry, go on. Um, I think they were like, well, we shouldn't do, you know... Death lasers and underwater bases and all that sort of stuff. We we'll make we'll make it a little more realistic. But they wouldn't. They didn't even go hard enough to be like, we'll make we'll make this uh, water crisis as uh, as as um, we, we won't even we won't even make it as sinister as the real life one. It's an odd choice because 
in a fictional scenario, which turned out to be a real scenario, mm-hmm. you could say any number. It could be any number of times as much as it <laughs> would have cost, you know? It's yeah. not, it doesn't really change the narrative that much, you know? <laughs> I mean, it does if, if Dominic Green were to be like, I'm going to make water one jillion times more expensive, you'd be like, there's something wrong with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's clearly something wrong with this guy. Yeah. He's not an imposing villain. I think that is probably the number one problem with, with this particular movie. He's not an imposing villain. Because he's a little frogman? Yes. They had to give him a crowbar and a fire axe in the final battle between <laughs> him and Bond for him to even stand a moment's chance against, you know, the, the hulking up, gorilla that is James Bond. He ends up putting it into his own foot or whatever yeah. happens. Yeah, but his... his um, his henchmen aren't impressive. He doesn't have a Jaws like. No, you he's know, got that dude with a wig who gets tripped by Strawberry Fields forever. Yeah, yeah. Tripsy Wigsy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's interesting because so the idea behind the character of Dominic Green is that he has no distinguishing features. Amazing. Yeah, and I think they nailed it because every other Bond villain they've got a scar or a hook hand or mm-hmm. a set of um, a set of big steel feet or something. Sure. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Steelsy feetsy. Steelsy feetsy. I, I kind of like that idea that he is is anybody, mm-hmm. but I don't think Wait, it, iron mm. balls. <laughs> but they're referring to the balls of his feet. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, he has to explain that at dinner parties. Yeah. Hi, I'm iron balls. <laughs> Excuse me? The balls of my feet. Oh. How elegant. <laughs> I bet you, you you can really turn on those heels, you know what I mean? Yeah. You really pivot mm-hmm. at a moment's notice. So the story of this uh, is, because they couldn't do Spectre, and because one of the James Bond stories is called Quantum of Solace, they mm-hmm. went, why not? Yeah. Let's do this story, I but guess. Quant- but it, it, Name bears, only. it bears no relation. It, it bears no relevance to yeah. the original short story. I'm not even sure Bond's in the original short story. <laughs> I think it might just be some dude telling a story to another dude. Well, that sounds terrific. Mm-hmm. That's storytelling, isn't yeah, it? Just yeah, one yeah, dude yeah. talking to another dude? That's right, in a way. Yeah. So quantum is everywhere, mm-hmm. and I like that idea, you know? A- an organisation so secret that they could have somebody who's been working for M for 18 years. In theory, it is it is good. But? But in practice, I don't believe anybody involved in quantum in this movie would be capable of maintaining that secret or being really competent in any way. Because they're at an opera talking over earpieces? It's just an assortment of, like, well-to-do billionaires and and, and these incompetent henchmen with no distinguishing features. Yes. I'm like, I don't don't buy this. All of you would have slipped up by now. You'll notice. You would have have tried to impress somebody at a cocktail party, being like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm part of a little thing called... We call it quantum. What do you what, think about that? What does it stand for? What do you think for? about iron balls over here? We like him. But what does it stand for? Nothing, apparently. It's sure. not an acronym. But, of course, it is worked in later that quantum mm-hmm. is part of Spectre. Yeah. When Spectre, when the rights to Spectre got, right. got returned to uh, to MGM. Here's something that I thought was weird. Remember when uh, M gets shot at and she just does a little run out of the room? Mm-hmm. Like It looks like she gets shot. She does get shot. And then she just... Is that that's a weird edit, right? That's like something they a story point that they dropped. Maybe because it feels like a reshoot where <laughs> for other she definitely does get shot. That's what I thought, and I, I guess they were like she didn't. <laughs> no, I think they're probably just like oh, she probably had a bulletproof vest. What about the other guy who got shot? Wasn't wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, well, that's why he got shot more. What about this guy who who apparently been M's personal bodyguard for five years? You gonna you gonna you gonna shoot Bond or anything? Yeah, just shoot a random guy. <laughs> just shoot a random guy. Shoot anyone. Yeah. One thing I do like about this movie though is the relationship between Bond and Camille. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting is that 
they're both so bent on revenge. They have no interest in each other. Oh, yeah. Like they share a kiss at the end, but it's not really anything. Yeah, they're yeah. just so laser focused on killing the person <laughs> or people that have wronged them. Yeah, yeah. And that's... So that's why they're aligned. There is no other reason. Like, mm-hmm. they don't need to have that kind of chemistry. It's just like, we're just going to walk through the desert until we find the people that we need to kill. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's very interesting. And then they share a kiss at the end and they're like, it's not as thrilling if you've already mur- murdered all the people you need to murder. <laughs> we do get a couple of returning characters, which again is unusual mm-hmm. for a James Bond movie. Uh, Felix Leiter. Yeah, who I don't think we mentioned at all last week. No, but terrific. Yeah. And I'm glad he's in these. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's just a he's just fun, mm. and he's also competent, but not that competent. No, he's he's fairly competent. He's the most sane man in the CIA. He's it very seems. competent, but he he's clearly been worn down by the drama of it all. Yeah, he's just like ah, oh, let let David Harbour do his thing. Oh my god, what a surprise! You're right, thirty three year old David Harbour looking just fresh faced and ready to go. When they said his name, I thought they said Mister Bean. Sure. It's, it's Mister Beam. It is Mister Beam. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, but can you imagine? <laughs> I think it'd be a little something like this. He's silent, obviously. Mr. Bean doesn't yeah. really talk. So this is a still image of Mr. Bean. Just imagine he's doing some spite. Oh, Johnny English! I forgot. We don't have the footage. We don't have the we footage. Can't we can't license it. No, sorry. And which movie do we use? You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. so much footage to choose from. We'd be paralyzed by choice from yeah, the Johnny yeah. English trilogy. No, we're never going to talk about it. Johnny English. Johnny English goes bananas. Yep. Um, Johnny English. Even even more English. Even more full, English. The full English. <laughs> That's why he gets his dick out. <laughs> uh, uh, what what I also liked was uh, Mathis returns and holds, oh, yes. and holds no ill will, even though Bond got him captured and tortured. Because if you remember at the end of Casino Royale at the end when he's cleared, Bond goes, yeah, maybe not. Just Do, just get some more torture on him. <laughs> just heaps more torture. Let's yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> when Bond... Pulls him out of the boot of his car. Yep. He uses... I thought he was dead. He's not dead. And then he uses him as a human shield. Yes, but then he <laughs> regains his dignity when Bond chucks him in a bin. <laughs> chucks his body in a bin and he's like, I think Mathis would have wanted it this way. Would he? <laughs> you I don't know if he did. You know, and he's like, we forgive each other, don't we? I don't think you both need to forgive each other. <laughs> yeah. I think there's one more than the other. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you got two choices. Oh, this piece of mother Or sales. I definitely prefer don't you? Because that's a sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that's supercharging your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. For example, Ruggable, Nix, Magnolia, Cotton, and so many more. Now you're probably thinking, sure, 
but migrating is going to be a headache. The Shopify app store has the migration apps that you need to migrate your products, orders, customers, and more from every e-commerce platform to Shopify. And maybe you're one of those people who are like, hey, don't put me in a box. I don't want to be in this box, either metaphorically or for real. Thankfully, Shopify never will, because with Shopify, you can control your brand and business from your storefront look to your back office operations. You know what's really annoying when you're checking out from an online store and you have to put in all your payment details and all sorts of numbers and letters and whatnot? Well, with the Shopify store, they actually remember my shipping address or your shipping address if you were using yours, plus the payment information. So say if I'm on the couch and my wallet is in the kitchen, I didn't even have to get up, which is my favorite thing. Stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Cha-ching sound effect. You've probably heard this, or maybe you've even experienced it. A business gets to a certain size and then the cracks start to emerge. Things that used to take like a day and now taking a week. There's too many manual processes just grinding away and you don't have that one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and a whole lot more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. 1. Because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. NetSuite allows you to have the power of all the information in one place to help you make more effective decisions as quickly as possible so you can keep moving, keep building, keep growing, or have more time off, whatever it is that you're looking to do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet. That's netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet to get your own KPI checklist. NetSuite.com slash Weekly Planet. Have you ever been in a situation where you need to search something on the internet, but it's kind of embarrassing and you don't want people to ever find out what you're searching for? It might be like a medical thing or a personal thing or whatever. I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what you're up to. And you might be thinking to yourself, look, I can just go into incognito mode. But let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history. Your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why. Even when I'm at home, I never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Now, most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on because it runs seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is also available on all your devices. We're talking phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET 
and Mashable, visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet, and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet. Expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet to learn more. It's also, do, if I was like, yeah, Bond, I'd forgive you, I'd only be saying that because I'm like, this guy will leave me in the street if I don't say that. <laughs> so, yeah, Well, he does regardless. I think there's some pretty decent action stuff in this. There's a hotel room fight, which is very Jason Bourne-esque. There's a, there's a, there's a car chase. Mm. There's a plane when they, and they jump out of plane. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's ropes. Remember ropes? Boy, do I. Yeah. But, of course, the thing that everybody remembers from Why did it have to be ropes, he says, his famous line. <laughs> I'm gl- no, wouldn't he be like, I'm glad it's ropes. Oh, no, he hates ropes. He hates ropes. Because <laughs> yeah. the rope for the... In his balls, yeah. Swatted him. Yeah, yeah, in his balls. But I think the thing that... The only really thing... The only thing that I really remember from this, uh, action scene-wise, is the exploding hotel. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Look, I think the opening chase scene is actually... Written. It's, it's, oh, it's all good. It's now, all, yeah. now, that, now that some of my rage has subsided over you know, the changing of the suit. Mm. I can see it with more objective eyes. And I think that that initial uh, car chase is really good. Yep. You know, there's trucks tumbling all over the place. Appar- uh, apparently it was the most locations ever for filming a Bond movie at the time. Mm. I don't know how much that, is, that has changed. What I also like about the the hotel, the exploding hotel at the, mm-hmm. at the end where every room has a <laughs> has a thing you can shoot and it will explode because mm-hmm. it, it cools the room. That's in the brochure. <laughs> Everybody in that hotel, as it's exploding, is just going ham on each other. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. It's just, you know, uh, Camille and the general having a fisty cuff. Bond is fighting a tiny little frog man. He's you like, know? may as well. Yeah. <laughs> Good as any. General's sewn up. May as well fight this guy. Sure. Here's something interesting about the character of Dominic Green. He was described as not knowing how to fight, so James Bond would be more surprised. Sometimes anger can be more dangerous. I'm going to f- fight like in school. <laughs> yeah, because that's what would surprise James Bond, a man who can't fight. You wouldn't know how to come at him, you know? There's a moment in this movie where James Bond has... He's, he's, in, he's at the opera. He's taken, uh, he's taken uh, a bunch of photographs of the backs of people's heads with his Sony Ericsson phone and has mm. therefore been able to determine what their faces look like yeah. due to Sony Ericsson biotechnology. That's right. And then... Dominic Green and his henchmen, they've been made, so they all leave like in a big gang. Yeah. And, and they get into the lobby and James Bond is there. And just the bug-eyed fear on Dominic Green's face <laughs> as he sees Bond there. And I'd be, I'm just like, Dominic Green, calm down. you got all your boys here, you know? But he's like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. He does, I mean, he doesn't really have all these boys there, does he? He um, doesn't. There's not a competent one in the bunch. No, that's in true. The bunch. If they panned down, he would have been peeing himself. But Absolutely. Yeah, just <laughs> settle down. I gotta say, also, I really enjoy his death. How Bond's like, here's a can of oil. Let's see how far you get before you drink it. I can't believe he carried it. I can't believe he took it with him. Right? You wouldn't carry it, right? Not, not po- pointless. <laughs> you would have thought. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Did you find though? I would have said, Bond, give me a, give me a bottle of water. <laughs> that's you've you've clearly thrown me the wrong the wrong container. I don't I have a can opener for this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to chew through the top like a rat. One thing that I didn't find satisfying in this, though, mm-hmm. was the reveal of Vesper's boyfriend mm. and the revenge that Bond gets or doesn't get yeah, right. in uh, discovering what he's up to. I just found it was a bit like, oh, it's just this guy, is it? All right. Oh, yeah, he's doing the thing again. He's doing the, the catfishing thing again mm-hmm. to sure, Canada. Sure, sure. It just yeah, yeah. didn't really. And, like, Bond doesn't kill him. Why not? Kill everyone else. Kill Mathis. A man that you liked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But how did you feel about that though, as a conclusion? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really. I mean, we don't really see anything about that guy. Like, he's not built up as a as a villain in any in any real sense. So yeah. I never really, I didn't really feel like any kind of uh, at least have him like pop up a bit during the movie. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there was a moment there where like his new lover mm. uh, is informed by Bond that you know he that he's also got that sort of Algerian yes. love knot, and I think there's a moment which is like, did did he do that to you as well? Is that <laughs> He goes that way, though, doesn't he? Sure Apparently. Does. We'll talk about it next week. But right now we're going to talk about um, cue the music, whatever that is. Uh, license to trivia. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Don't know what the music is. Is it a, is it a MIDI version of, of the James Bond theme? Yeah, it's up okay. to Ben. Mm-hmm. He has full creative control. A MIDI version of the 1960s Casino Royale theme. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so an early draft of the script involved James Bond discovering that Vesper Lind had a child by a previous relationship, uh, who had been kidnapped by Quantum. Oh. There you go. Just did someone ask for him to kill, I guess. Uh, or accidentally. Here's a fun fact, James. Sure. Uh, Bond's shoes from the end of uh, Casino Royale, they changed mm. from a derby and they become an Oxford at really? the start of Quantum of Solace, yeah. Must have kicked them off for driving. I bet if you looked <laughs> next to the pedals, yeah, yeah. there's a loose pair of shoes down there. <laughs> he's got two pairs of shoes. That's what, that's what I think he's yeah, up to. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gal Gadot very nearly got the role of Camille. Mm-hmm. Uh, after missing out, though, it did inspire her to quit law school and pursue acting as a career. Really? Okay. There you go. Uh, the only James Bond film also where James Bond isn't captured or taken prisoner by one of the villains. He is, of course, briefly captured by MI6, very mm. briefly. Yeah. Um, but he, you know. Goes rogue. Kills some people. <laughs> Gets yeah. out of that scenario. There's also a deleted ending. I don't know if you know about this where James Bond dispatches Mr. White in a gun barrel sequence, which then sets up the next movie. Oh. This was, though, removed because so the film wasn't compelled to continue this story. I see. I mean, which it did anyway, Inspector. But for the next movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't tie in. So, of course, Mr. White does return uh, mm-hmm. down the line. Uh, in the scene where Bond discovers uh, Agent Strawberry Fields' oil-covered body, mm-hmm. the corpse is positioned the same way as uh, Jill Masterson's body. Remember with the gold and the gold the finger? Gold finger, yeah. Gold finger. That was Jim Rutherton's uh, first day on set. Was it really? Yeah, they were like, well, you got the job, here we go. How did she enjoy it? Loved it. <laughs> I bet she did. <laughs> Just covered in black paint. It's brilliant. Uh, Una Chaplin. You might be familiar with. I'm not. She's popped up in, I think, Black Mirror episodes. Ah, I see. She's also, uh, she married Rob Stark. She got Red Weddings. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, I'm on board now. Uh, She's the granddaughter of Sir Charles Spencer Chaplin, who you might be familiar with. I'm Um, not. He's he's Charles Charlie Chaplin. (laughs) Oh, I see. Right, right, right. Okay. She's the. She works in the Exploding Hotel. Ah. Yeah. And uh, be be uh, pretty anxiety inducing, I would imagine. Yeah. Those things would be rattling, just like an old water heater, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And people would always be checking in. They'd be like, can I smoke in my room? No. You could use solar power. Why are you using explosions? <laughs> Don't know. Don't know either. Maybe it's under a volcano. Maybe, maybe there's maybe there's no sunlight in the desert. Yeah, maybe. Who's visiting that hotel? He's like, I've got to go to the desert, <laughs> to this exploding hotel. <laughs> also, why'd they call it the exploding hotel? The desert's famous exploding hotel. <laughs> Uh, is something. This isn't so much trivia as just something I found in trivia, which is cruel. Oh, villains in the James Bond movies often have some kind of. 
physiological dysfunction or trait that makes them distinguishable. True. We've talked about it. Uh, iron balls, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this movie, some may have thought that there was none for Dominic Green, but arguably, critics noted his distinguishable and menacing bug eyes, which <laughs> do set him in the company of Bond villains of old. So just to th- just this man, just how he looks mm. every day yeah, yeah, is yeah. odd enough for some people to be like, what a freak! He looks Shut like up. he looks like all the freaks that came before him. No makeup required. Remember Jaws with his horrific mechanical teeth? Well, you're just as ugly. <laughs> and of course, we do need to talk about, as we do every week, whether or not James Bond has gone rogue this time around. Yeah, and and if he retires. Okay, let me think. Okay, so he definitely goes rogue. Yeah, again, almost immediately. Yeah, what I liked about uh, when he goes rogue, mm-hmm. like he takes, like, M's like, you can't be trusted. I can't be trusting you. Then he gets in the elevator and he beats up everybody. And then they Betray- meet up. Betraying her trust. Exactly. And then she's like, uh, and then he runs away. And then she's like, I trust him. I think he's onto something. <laughs> yeah, you're just saying that because he beat up all your dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just got out of hand. Sure. You know? But he's got confidence. That's true, yeah. <laughs> so, but does he retire? He doesn't retire. Well, at the end also, she's like, Welcome back. Mm. And he's like, I never left. Mm. So it makes me think that she thought he'd retired. <laughs> okay, sure. I think it counts. Maybe, yeah. He's just doing his own thing, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's not retirement. Yeah. It's more of a sabbatical. Well, look, I think, I think currently we've got we've got two in the going rogue column and one, yeah. one officially going, going retired. I agree. Mm. Now, the budget for this movie... Was actually the most expensive Bond movie ever. Is that because they changed his tie from Casino Royale to the start of Quantum of Solace? It would have definitely factored in. I think so. Uh, it blew out to two hundred twenty-five million, but it ended up making five hundred ninety-one million, which is only three million less than Casino Royale. Huh. And I do also wonder if that's because you can squeeze in more sessions of this in a day, as opposed to Casino Royale, which is like forty minutes longer. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Get your packet, you get more butts in seats. Mm-hmm. This, even though, again, not received well, it's not anybody's favourite, it's still the fourth highest overall box office for a Bond movie ever. Oh, very good. So, yeah, there you go. Mm. Probably because of all those butts in seats you mentioned. Get them in there, sit them yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Sit them down. Have a look. Have a look at this screen. Everybody have a look. All right, this has been uh, Quantum of Solace. And, mm-hmm. and all things considered Bond movie, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind it, yeah. you know? Again, back to back. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe his best overall look, the Midnight Blue Tuxedo with mm-hmm. the shawl with the shawl lapel, James. Well, that's a good point. We, that's I, an homage yeah. to Sean Connery's first appearance in Doctor No, I'm pretty sure. You're pretty sure. Mm-hmm. What if it's not? Should we just leave this in anyway? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someone yeah. will correct us. Sure. Yeah. Uh, guess what, though? We're coming back next week because we are talking about the biggest Bond movie of all time. Oh, my goodness. Skyfall. Some say it's the best. That's right. Some I think they're wrong. We'll talk about it. No, let's do it now. Okay, settle in, everybody. We're doing another 20 minutes. <laughs> nah. No, let's do it next time. Yeah, so I look at people consider it having the best song. Mm-hmm. People hate the song from this one. Amy Winehouse was supposed to do this one. Uh-huh. Didn't end up happening for various reasons. The writer's strike. I don't think that was it. I oh. think it was more personal problems that I'd rather not get into. Okay. But yeah, look, first of all, what are your thoughts on this movie? Mm-hmm. Second of all, if you've got any opinions on what you want us to look at for Caravan of Garbage, leave it below or even video games, you know what I mean? What yeah. do you want us to look at? Mm-hmm. Also, if you do want to see these early, which I know you do, Mason, you can actually sign up. I see them the earliest. It's only going to cost you $9 a month, Mason. Actually, that's not true. I hear them the earliest. <laughs> well, that is true. Mm. Uh, if you go over to bigsandwich.co, Right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. They've got early videos. We do bonus podcasts. We do movie commentaries. Our podcast, The Weekly Planet, where we talk movies and comics and TV shows, that actually comes out there a day early on Sunday as opposed to Monday. 
And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm at Mr. Sunday Movies on Twitter. I'm at Wikipedia Brown on Twitter. We love James Bond. It's true, we do. We love them more than you. If you're the biggest James Bond fan, guess what we are. <laughs> if you think you know the most about James Bond, wrong, you're wrong. We'll beat you up. You didn't know the thing about the shoes. We did Change your shoes. That's right. I told Mason that. That's yep. how he knows. Yeah, that's right. And now we both knew it. Yeah, I was fine. I was very content <laughs> in my life. You told me the thing about the switching of the shoes and now I'm mad about it. I didn't even notice the shoes. Do you even see his feet in any of those yes. things? Okay, then. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Grab that chair. We'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.